Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Thank you for tuning in. Maybe you're listening to our live broadcast on KLTT or to our Adoption Now podcast. Wherever you are listening, we're glad you joined us today because we have a great guest. Jessica Chappelle is joining us. Jessica, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We're excited about your story because you have an adoption story, but you're also a single mother. Yes. And I so am. we've had some requests for, for this type of story. We've had other people say, I'm a single woman and I'm interested in adoption. And is it possible? And could you have a story on so that I can learn from another person's experience? But Jessica and I met um, in kind of a weird circumstance. Yeah, it was. We were both in Florida trying to adopt and we were waiting for paperwork and our lawyer came to us and said, you know, there's another woman here from Colorado who's also waiting for the same paperwork. And I'm like, she's here and she's from Colorado. What's her name? And he goes, Jessica Chappelle. Like he said your name. Yeah. Which he probably shouldn't have. Well, yeah. But good thing you did. Yeah. Because <laughs> then I found you on Facebook and sent you a message. And I'm like, hi, I'm April and I'm adopting. And I didn't hear anything. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a weirdo. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> I, I heard that you're here. And so, you know, we started talking. I was telling our producer before you came on that we, um, you know, as long as you're in another state, you have to still follow by those rules. So right. you have to still take the baby to the first doctor appointment. Right. Well, if you're in a different state, you better find a doctor. You're going to urgent cares or you're, you know, it's kind of weird to be driving around looking for a doctor so that you can get this paperwork in and in, in kind of an unfamiliar place. And so you and I remember talking and saying, how is she doing? And how's, you know, how's it going? Um, and so we supported each other that way. But when we got home, we actually met and told our full stories and we connected instantly. Yes, it was wonderful. <laughs> Your story is such a story of perseverance and, um, you know, getting back up and getting back up. And so I just look forward to um, just hearing the story and, and letting people really know that, you know, sometimes it is really difficult. Adoption is not an easy path. No, it is not for the faint of heart. That is true. That's right. And so you just kept going. And as a single mother, it was, or a single woman, you're a single mother now, but that's a different element altogether. I think it is. I mean, I have nothing to compare it to. Right, right. <laughs> so for me, you know, I think it presents unique challenges. You don't have anyone, you know, I remember um, there were points when you want to look at someone and get a gut check and you want to read their eyes that you know that knows you and can, can read the situation with you. But when you're single and you're in the middle of some of these discussions and conversations and so many things that happen through the adoption process, there's no one to gut check you because you're on this journey alone. So you're kind of like you walk away from it going, did that go well? Did it not go well? Should Am I, I doing have, the right yes. thing? Yeah. Did I answer that appropriately? And so it, it is a, it's a different, I think just a different take on it. Um, I think there's some things that are easier. I don't have to consult anybody. Right. <laughs> I can say what I need to say and no one's checking saying, that's not true. That's not how it happened. You know, well, it is in my mind. So, right. you know, there are some, definitely some, um, some bonus points you get too for some of the things that you lack through that process, having another person with you. So <laughs> let's start at the very beginning of you wanting to be a mother. Sure. 
So I've always wanted to be a mom. I mean, from the time I was little, I, I can remember my uncles asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said I wanted to be a teacher, so I had the same time off as my kids. Mm-hmm. So it was kids first, always. Even all the way back when I was five years old, I knew that was that was what I wanted to do. Um, and as, you know, I got older and things just didn't necessarily play out the way we all have in our minds. You know, we all have this plan or this vision of what things would be. And so I just knew I wanted to be a mom and I was starting to get a little older and thinking about that. And my first choice was adoption. Right off the bat, I wanted I wanted to adopt. And, you know, when you start the adoption process, it's so overwhelming. You don't know where to go. You don't know what, you know, what's fact and what's what story, what's, mm-hmm. what people have shared and, and what's opinion, I suppose. And, but you're so hungry for information. And so I got on all the boards and I got on websites and, you know, just anything and everything, Googling single mom adoption and, you know, anything that you can find. And, um, it was very discouraging. I, I found what I found was, nope, no one will choose a single mom. That's just not, you're not considered the best option. These are single moms primarily placing their their babies for adoption. Why would they choose another single mom? And so you you hear all the negative. And unfortunately, at that point, I, I let it dissuade me and just kind of went, okay, I guess this isn't the path. So I went through fertility treatments to become pregnant um, and was blessed beyond measure to be able to become pregnant with my son. Um who ended up being stillborn at 27 weeks. So just before my third trimester, I lost my son. And devastating is not even, it doesn't even come close. just shattered me. And um, after that was done, you know, I thought, okay, now what? You know, I wanted to be a mom. And obviously adoption's not going to work for me. And now this isn't going to work. And the doctor said, do it again. You're healthy. There was nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with the baby. It was, we don't know why we, we have no answers. And so his heart just stopped and try again. And I thought, okay, I'll try again. Um, at that point I had moved out of state, but it came back one time. I had one shot to work with this doctor and become pregnant again. And we went in for the exam and I had a cyst on my ovary the size of a baseball. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and I'd never had one in my entire life. So it was one of those weird things where you're like, huh. And I really took it kind of as a sign, like this isn't this isn't what's supposed to happen. And I didn't have a piece about it. It's difficult to get back on that horse, so to speak, after mm-hmm. you've lost a child uh, that far along. And so uh, I took a step back and said, okay, now what? <laughs> and started researching adoption again. And this time I decided, you know, I'm tougher this time around. I've right. been through more <laughs> and I'm not going to let this dissuade me. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going forward on this path until I get the absolute no, till that door is so shut. I can't pry it open. I'm just, I, I'm not going to let this change, you know, my path kind of a thing. So that's, that's what I did. And I started researching foster care and, um, and then private adoption. And at that point, I decided um, I was leaning towards private. And I did not want to go into it in debt. And as a single person, that's challenging. Um, and adoption can be quite expensive. And so... No. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> really? Uh, that's always the biggest shock people get. And it's the first question people ask me to. How much was it? And I just want to go... Don't you want to ask me how wonderful it is to be a mom? Right. Isn't that your first question? <laughs> um, anyhow, I digress. So I decided to start saving to adopt because I wanted to go into it debt-free was my goal. 
Did it cost you a lot of money to do the fertility treatments in the beginning? I mean, the first path you took? No, I did a mild. I did something called intrauterine insemination, um, which is the step before like in vitro fertilization. In vitro, it tends to be more probably cost-wise on par with adoption. It's very expensive to do IVF. IUI is expensive still, nothing compared to the cost of adoption. Okay. So it's a so you weren't completely lost. You were lost uh, at your loss, you know. Correct. But you were not financially underwater. Correct. Okay. Yes, I was still okay, and um, and there's a balance. There's a dance you do between for most people with what insurance covers and what they don't. Right. And, you know, you find that. You dance through that. Anyhow, um, so, yeah, so I started saving for adoption, and it, it, I, I had a career move in the middle. There was a couple things that were all good things for the long run and helping me establish, um, get, get back on my path, but it took a while. And so um, in March of 2014, I started my home study process. I was ecstatic. Uh, the agency laughed at me. I flew through everything because I was like, so Oh, heavy. you need this. Here you go. You need this. Here you go. And she's like, you've turned everything in so fast. We can't even keep up with processing it. And I'm like, let's go. Come on. You know? And so I was just so excited. And the process takes a while, as you know, a few months to get through that. And I had just uh, finished my last home study appointment with the social worker. And the last one's typically your longest. It's like three to four hours. If people don't know. And they go through, you, you finish up your interviews and then they go through the entire report with you kind of on, on what they feel of, are you prepared for one child, five kids, what age right. they go through all that. And what kind of questions do they ask you? Because in a mm-hmm. couple, mm-hmm. a home study, you would be answering things. They ask everything. Yes. How are you going to parent? Who's going to do discipline? Um, what are your belief systems together? You know, sure. um, what is your relationship like together? What do you like when you fight? You know, all of those questions they're going to ask you now when it's a, a single. single. Yeah, I guess that's probably one of those things where we get bonus points for being single because it's easier. Um, it, and, and we do get asked those questions. How are you going to discipline? How are you going to parent? Um, we get asked questions. Some of the harder questions are, do you have a will in place because you're the only parent? Mm. So do you have a plan in place for if something were to happen to you for your child? Um, you know, I did not, I'm trying to re- recall, I don't believe they asked me what would happen if I started dating or got married if they would adopt the, my daughter or not. But um, you do get asked those same types of questions. You still go through your whole background, how you were raised, how you feel about that, what your challenges might be as a parent. Um, they do ask about your support system as a single, your, your village, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, if you get in trouble, who's going to help you? Who's going to come alongside? And, and I've been very blessed to have a great village um, throughout the process and now. So, uh, yeah, so it is a little different. I don't have to answer for anybody else, but we do get the same questions. Okay. Well, (laughs) and also I would think that it would not be so long. I mean, a lot of what we went through and it took a while is because he had to go through, my husband had to go through, you know, by himself. I had to go through by myself. We're answering questions separately together. They're in our house. I mean, it's just a a really rigorous, I mean, all together it is, but do you think it would be a little bit shorter? You would think, I guess, again, I have nothing to compare it to. I think each of my previous appointments were like an hour tops maybe an hour and a half if we got chatty and then uh then the last one was the long one my social worker was very good she didn't get too chatty and too involved she's pretty much stuck to here's the questions here's what we need to cover 
that type of thing, um, which I guess is good because I tend to be chatty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need someone to keep me on track. Maybe that's why mine were so long is because <laughs> I just kept talking and talking and talking. <laughs> it had nothing to do with that. I was in a couple relationship. It's a you gift know, and a curse, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So your home study is approved. You're ready to go. Yeah. And, and then what? Are You're in this state. You're in I'm Colorado. I'm in Colorado, yes. And so within less than 24 hours after I finished that final meeting with the social worker, I got a phone call from the agency who did my home study, which, again, I'm sure you've spoken about this, but you don't have to use the agency you do your home study with to adopt through. You can move around, kind of. Um, so I, w- I hadn't actually planned to use them. <laughs> they just... Um, their costs were a little high. And so I kind of, they were not really on my list, but they called me and said, we've got this mom who it's a born baby. He's um, one month old and he, his mom is here in, in your city. Would you like to apply for this situation? And she's open to single moms. And I went, sure. You know, it kind of, it was like this, one of these, like, whoa, I didn't think it was that fast. You know, that's really fast. And so, um, I was very fortunate in that they said, do you have a a profile book? And I went, I have one, one singular book because I, I literally had made it up to tear apart and like mock, I was going to critique it and go, okay, move this picture, put your letter here and all the, you know, you overthink everything. Well, and it's your job, right? Right. I'm a mark. Yes. I do marketing (laughs) for a living. And so, you know, I know how important those first impressions are and I know what difference things can mean. This book was going to look amazing. Right. I mean, I was going to, if I had any say in it, like that's because it's, you know, in adoption processes, you know, too, you have such little control over so much that the things that you can control, at least for me, I obsessed over because I'm like, okay, I can control this. And so I'm going to make sure that this is the absolute best it can be. And because so much is out of our control. You know what? That's a really great point. That is a really great point. And I notice that when people come through the adoption process on the other side, they're different people. Yeah. I mean, when you've lost control so much for us, you know, with saying yes to six babies in five years, we had no control for five years. And then you come out and you're like, ah, this is life. Yeah. You don't um, fixate on things as much. You don't feel like every duck needs to be in the row. You don't feel like everything needs to be perfect and clean and people need to be, you know, act this way. You're just, you're a much more laid back person. It's true. It's a painful journey though. Let's just separate the baby part. Right. Personally, to feel like, you have no control. You don't know what the agencies are going to say. You don't know what the mom is going to do, birth mom. You don't know how much it's really going to cost. You don't know when they're going to ask you for more money. You don't, you just, and people are asking you questions and they want these answers that are like in this cute little box. And you're like, it's so gray. Yeah. And they're like, well, how, how, how come you're paying? Right. And you're like, I just can't really explain it, but I don't have the answers. And I, I probably won't until after this whole thing is done. Right. And so that's just a great point. I think I'm going to start saying that when people say, can you give me some advice on adoption? I'm going to say, are you ready to lose all control? Yeah. And I do think with the loss of my son prepared me a little for that because, mm-hmm. you know, people, especially in this day and age when we have so much, so many medical advances, you don't think about child loss as much. Um, and you think there's nothing that medicine can't fix. And, and I decide when I get pregnant and I decide how old I'm going to be and how many children I have. And the reality is you don't really have control over that either. Mm, it's true. And so, you know, it, I, I think that that loss, uh, as devastating as it was, gave me a muscle to use in my adoption process. Okay. So there's this baby. Yes. Yeah, so there's this baby. So I get this baby and, oh, beautiful. Just 
the cutest thing you've ever seen in your whole life. I mean, and I know every parent says that, but oh my gosh. And uh, so I got chosen, I guess that's what I should say. I gave my, I gave my profile book, The Mom Chose Me. Uh, I skipped that part, sorry. And um, which is just shocking in and of itself. We got to meet. I got to. Well, it's shocking because everyone said they're never going to choose you. And then right. she chooses you. And, and 24 hours. Like, we're not even saying like, oh, Jessica, your home study's done. You're going to wait. I mean, I was told you're going to wait three years. You're going to wait excessive amounts of time. And I, this certainly isn't typical, but it's. Um, Obviously, it's not impossible. So um, so I met with her. I met this beautiful baby. And the crazy thing was she was ready to place that day. But because my home study had just been completed, they hadn't even written and submitted the report to the state yet. So even though I had been approved by the agency, the state didn't have me on file as approved quite yet. So I couldn't take custody for three more days. Oh, let me just tell you, that oh, was no. killer. I mean, that was killer because you're just like just you're so close. You can taste it. Right. And so, um, so that was, that was rough. So I got, um, custody uh, on a Monday and by Tuesday or Wednesday, I got a phone call from the agency that the birth father was contesting and having some issues. Um, within 24 hours, it blew into a, a full legal ordeal <laughs> with birth father rights and, and things not being some of the paperwork may be out of order. Anyhow, um, the, the attorney for the birth mom decided that it would be easier for them to fight, fight to get the birth father's rights severed if she had physical custody. So we made the hard decision after the little boy was in my home for a week to place him back with his birth mom. It was devastating. It's so hard because you're you've told everyone I have a baby and you're trying to adjust and you're you know, you're a new mom. You're not sleeping. And oh, it was it was just devastating um, that that situation never got resolved, I guess, the way you think. It was wonderful. She ended up keeping her son and raising him. And she was a wonderful mom. She didn't feel prepared, but I know that she loved him desperately. And so um I'm proud of her. She she stepped up and and really just turned lemons to lemonade. And so, okay, everyone that's listening is crying <laughs> because you have another loss. Yeah, another loss. Another son lost. Another son lost. Yeah. So, uh, hard. I mean, heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I took a step back and and kind of said, okay, not a back, not back as far as I'm not going to adopt. Just like. Let me lick my wounds kind of a thing. <laughs> Let me just take a, a little breather. And so it took me about a month and I went to the agency and signed up with a different agency um, to try to be matched with another situation, another birth mom. Within six weeks, I got matched again with a mom um, expecting a son. So boys, boys, boys. <laughs> and uh, she was incarcerated in another state. So we didn't get the opportunity to meet. We exchanged letters. I sent gifts. You know, you, you connect as best you can in that circumstance. Um, we got matched in October. The baby boy was due in January, January 9th. So I had from October till January to nest, and I did, oh boy, painted the room, and I talked to HR about my maternity leave, and, and I, 
you know, was ready. I mean, I had the bags packed for the hospital and I was just ready to fly when it happened. Because nothing could go wrong. She's incarcerated. Right. They, exactly. I mean, she can't gonna keep the baby. Right. What's she going to do? She can't parent if she's incarcerated. And um, so it was, you know, this was a slam dunk. And I got a phone call from the agency on December 24th that she decided to parent. And so, and the way in, in this situation, the way that worked was her family was taking custody of the child until she was released. Oh my goodness. <sighs> yeah. You have to take a break. I can't wait to hear the rest of the story because I know the end, <laughs> but it's a hard story. It I is. mean, it's a hard journey. Adoption is filled with loss and it can be extremely painful up and down roller coaster of joy and excitement and pain and confusion and you just tell your story so beautifully you're listening to adoption now i'm april fallon we'll be right back this is kltt commerce city denver broadcasting in hd digital radio and online at 670kltt.com Hi, this is Noah, April's husband, and I want to thank you for listening to this story on today's program. Do you have an adoption story? April and I have been through our own adoption journey, and I'd like to encourage you to contact us about sharing your story. You can do that by going to our website, adoption-now.com, and clicking on the Tell Your Story tab. Let's join together and inspire others. And now, let's rejoin April and the rest of today's story. Faith and Family Radio, KLT Denver. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today we're talking to Jessica Chappelle, and her story is so amazing. She's a single mother, and um, she is talking about just the journey and how to become a mother. Did you ever think in your life that you would have to fight so hard to become what is natural to so many women? No. You, you take for granted, especially in this day and age, that we have complete control over our lives. When we when we have children, what age we have children, how many we have, how far apart they are. You know, you, you assume so much that when it doesn't happen according to your plan, mm-hmm. it's it's shocking. You know, here's the thing. I never thought I would ever have to be this strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never be able to tell you I could be this strong. And yet, you know, you go through these things and what choice do you have? You fight. Mm-hmm. You fight. And, and in the end... It makes it all makes sense. It comes yes. together, and you go. I always oh, say that. Okay. In the end, it does. Yeah. And you know, tooth and nail fighting. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking adoption is can be, and and some people just say, well, the baby was delivered to my doorstep, and it's so easy. And I love those stories. Right. But for us, it was tooth and nail. It took everything in me, physically, emotionally, and and it's through grief. Yes. Also, so it's through all this loss, and you're just upside down, you well, know. And with so- adoption, it's an interesting balance because when you are when you are physically pregnant and, and having a child biologically, you start bonding and and planning when that child's conceived, and you have nine months. But through adoption, it could happen like I, in my case, it's the first time in 24 hours, or I can have five months to plan for this child. Either way. You're trying to bond with something that's nowhere near you, that's nowhere, you know, you're trying to bond with an idea, with a child that you know you're going to love. And so it's, it's this weird, 
I, I'm probably not explaining it well. No, I agree. A, it's a weird balance because you're not... You're trying to bond with an idea. You're trying to bond with a dream. Exactly. And you're hopeful. And you're hopeful even if it falls through. Right. And so if you're just tuning in, Jessica's journey as a single mother, as a single woman, trying to become a mother and had a stillborn baby. She um, then went the adoption route. She got matched to a baby that was born. The mother chose to parent. And now you're going to be matched again. And you were just talking about that she was incarcerated. So you were like, home run, let's decorate. Let's have the baby showers. Let's buy the clothes. This is going to happen on January 9th. And she decided before Christmas to parent and to give her baby to a family member while she was in jail. And when she would get out, she would take care of the baby. So three losses. And you have to be experiencing now financial loss. Big time. Yeah. I mean, for me, again, as a single parent, it's it's one income that's trying to squirrel away every dollar and every any, every penny that you can. I lost about $11,000 through the two um, disruptions. And so that's well, devastating. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And what was your family saying? You know, my family was, was supportive, completely supportive. I think it hurt them to see me grieve. Um, and, you know, one of the things that occurred to me during the second loss was, you know, my family and friends are on this journey with me. They're praying with me. They're cheerleading. They're having showers. They're helping fundraise. They're doing anything they can to be supportive. And here I go with the second loss. And and somehow I felt so protective of them, which is an ironic place to be. You know, my heart was shattered, but I wanted to protect them from this roller coaster. I And, you know, my theory, my my thought on that was, I signed up for this. I knew that, well, you don't really know. You think you know Mm -hmm. what the roller coaster will be like. But you you expect that there will be some challenges, and they didn't. And so um, it was difficult. With the second loss, I'm not joking, I locked myself in my house and just sobbed for three days. Like, just complete and utter grief. Mm -hmm. And, And I thought, okay, maybe this is it. I'm not supposed to be a mother. And... Maybe my mothering role comes in other ways with other people's children through, you know, teaching Sunday school, through my niece and nephew, through friends, kids, you know, maybe my mothering comes out in that that way. And but I still wasn't quite ready. I called a foster agency and said, okay, maybe this is the route. I've lost a lot of money and this is a little bit easier on the financial aspect. So why don't I talk with them and see if this is a possibility? And I had the most discouraging phone call I'd had throughout the whole process. And it was, nope, you are considered, shouldn't say second class, but that's, you know, in my ears, that's what I heard. Your second choice to every married couple that we have in the roster. You will never be selected for a child under eight. You will, um, and I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a good income. I, I have a good career. I own my own home. I'll be working from home so the child won't have to be in daycare. Nope, nope, nope. You're still second choice and you'll have to give up your private adoption home study and go through the state and that takes six months. And so I went, okay, you give me a lot to think of about and hung up and just went, okay, now what? So at that point I wasn't ready to give up, but I also knew I had this financial challenge. Uh, I was, your home study was still active. My home study was still active at this point. We're at about March, 2015. Okay. So, or not quite March, maybe the end of February, February-ish. Um, so I did something completely illogical. I, I found, 
they call them adoption facilitators or consultants. Depending on what state you're in, there's some legal terms that you have to abide by. <laughs> but essentially, um, essentially, they match the adoptive parent with an agency that's looking for adoptive parents. So it's a it's a middleman mm-hmm. and it's an extra fee. So it's very illogical for someone like me who's just lost a lot of money to try to find something that costs more. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, why would you do that? Um, but it was crazy. I met with her and she was extremely gracious. She happened to her, her operations happened to be based out of the city I lived in. And so I got to meet her face to face and she made some exceptions on, on my fees as far as, waiting until I was matched and placed even before she would charge. It was just, a, it was a, it was a very gracious, welcoming place. And so I, I was grateful. So I signed up and she presented me on a case immediately more than probably, I didn't even have the time to think about it. There's this, there's this weird feeling too, when you're adopting and, and maybe it's just me, but you feel desperate. Like I'll say yes to anything because you just, it's a numbers game. If I get presented at 50, um, cases, then um, maybe one will choose me. And so you, you don't ever feel like you have the time to really say no. Um, my advice would be take the time. <laughs> I could not agree more. We did the same thing. We said yes to everything. And I always say, if you have um, you and your husband or as a single person, you have made a list, like these are the things we will say yes to. Stick to that list as much as you can, unless God totally changes your heart. And I'm not saying he can't do that. But we've gotten ourselves into situations um, that we were not prepared for, just because that's the moment. And we want to say yes to this baby. And so really pulling back and saying, okay, this is what we really are looking for. This is what we can handle is so wise. It's it's true and hard, very hard in the moment. Yes. Very. <laughs> so um, luckily in this case, I, I wasn't chosen. Um, I presented on four or five more cases, I think, throughout the time. And it was, I was in adoption and most agencies will only allow you to apply for one situation at a time. So if I'm in, if I'm being considered for one and another one comes up, that's a better fit. You don't get to apply for that one too. You have to wait till you're eliminated and then you get to go. Um, so it was really crazy. I was out on this situation and another one came in and I read this, this, they call them situations, but the profile of the birth mom and, and the child and, the circumstances surrounding it. And I just, it resonated with me. And, but it didn't say at the bottom, she would consider singles. It didn't say anything. It just said, um, she was open, you know, to, to all families. And I went, okay. And I thought, oh, but I can't apply because I'm out. So I waited. Sure enough, on Friday, the situation came out like on a Wednesday. And on Friday, the agency um, called me and said, are you interested in this one? For some reason, I thought of you when I saw it. And I went, yes, I am. But I, I can't because of this. And she said, you'll find out today. And she said, but I can tell you, I don't think you're in the top three. And I said, oh, well, I guess in this case, that's good. <laughs> so I said, yeah, let's do it. So she said, okay, I'm going to submit you. And I said, but, but will she take singles? And she said, I don't know. And I, I'll ask. So she asked. They said, we don't know. Just submit it and we'll present it to her. And if she says no, she says no. I said, okay. So I presented my situation on a Monday. Um, at the time, I didn't know, but there were 13 families that applied. Um, one odd thing in the adoption world, and you can tell me if you've heard this or if you felt like this was true. I was told that families that would like um, 
that Caucasian girls are the most applied for. That there's the most, if you, if you have specified that you will only take a Caucasian girl, that you will wait up to seven years because there's so, such a demand for that. Really? I, I'd not, I don't know that that's true or not, but I had heard that through my process. This one happened to be a biracial little girl. And, uh, and I didn't care. Like my, my options were open. I didn't care. Obviously all my, my previous matches had been boys. So a girl was kind of a new thing for me. I was like, Oh, right. Okay. I'll never get chosen because it's a girl. And, um, so I applied with, along with 12 other families, I was the only single that applied and we got to about Thursday and my, my agency called and said, or my facilitator called and said, she's having a really hard time choosing are you willing to hang on over the weekend and see so she can kind of just really process? Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, yeah, (laughs) this is a no brainer. So I said, sure, absolutely. So they called on Friday and said, okay, she is going to be considering over the weekend, but she's narrowed it down to four families and you're one of them. And I went, yippee. Okay. But it's so funny. I told my family, my immediate family knew, but I hadn't told work. I hadn't told mm-hmm. friends. I, I didn't, you know, Facebook, my fundraising, none of it. I, I really was quiet because I thought I'm not bringing people on this again. And so um, Monday came and went. And of course, I'm chomping at the bit. Have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? No. Tuesday comes. Okay. She's still having a hard time. She's narrowed it down to three families and you're one. Do you want to hold on? Yes. So then Wednesday, she narrowed it down to two families. And they said, now this is unusual, but she wants to actually have phone interviews with both of the final candidates. Wow. Yeah. And I, of course, and I said, okay. And so the facilitator said, you know, I have a birth mom that normally coaches my adoptive parents on these calls, but she's busy. She can't do it for you tonight. And I went, what? So I'm flying blind? Are you kidding? I've never had to do this. It is so nerve wracking. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. No. And you know, you want to put your best foot forward and yet you want to be real. You want to be genuine, but you don't want to say the wrong thing. And I mean, it's just such a a dance, you know, a tightrope is really more like what it feels like. I said, okay, I guess I'll I'll wing it. I'm just going to be me. That's the best I can do. And I I don't know how to do anything else. And she said, okay, I'm sure you'll be fine. So the next day I get the phone call. We ended up speaking. It was the birth mom. Um, her name is Christina, birth mom, and her social worker, um, part of the agency. And the three of us had a conference call. And the social worker almost didn't speak at all. She was very gracious to let Christina really ask the questions. Um, Christina was intense. She asked me great questions. I was so proud of her. She asked me questions like, how will you tell her she's adopted? She asked me questions. How will you tell her about sex? At what age? When will you let her date? What if you start dating? Will he adopt her? Oh, I mean, she really grilled me. Was this her first baby? Second. Okay. Did she have the first baby? Her mother has custody of her son. Okay. But she was, and that is her goal to retain, to regain custody of her son. Okay. But this is her first placement. Correct. Okay. Sorry. I misunderstood your question. That's a great questions for somebody who's never placed before. At the end, I mean, truly, of course, and you know, it's so emotional. Mm -hmm. I literally was in tears and I said, you know, I said, this is not a manipulation or some sort of like twist. I said, I want you to know that regardless of whether you choose me or this other family, you should be very proud of what you've done. You are taking care of your daughter. Mm -hmm. And I said, that is 
amazing. You've done such a good job. And so um, she said, thank you. And we hung up. And the the agency person had called me four times through the call because we talked for a whole hour. And she's like, you didn't call me when it was over. And I said, because it just got over. <laughs> she said, oh, my goodness, you talked for an hour? I'm like, yeah. She goes, what did she ask? And so I started, I started giving her the conversation saying, okay, here's, you know. And as I'm talking, I, my call waiting buzzes. And this whole time I'm talking, I don't know why this sticks in my brain. I was in the nursery, decorated for a boy sitting in the rocking chair and looking around at, at my hopes, my dreams of what I was hoping would come true. Mm-hmm. And um, so as I'm talking to the agency lady, the, the call waiting um, beeps through and it's the social worker's number. And I said, hello. And she said, Jessica, it's Christina. And I said, hi. And she said, I choose you. And I can't, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm tearing up. I'd never tell the story without crying. And I immediately started sobbing. <laughs> and I said, I'm so sorry. You probably expected like whoops of joy. <laughs> I said, and here you get crying. She goes, oh no, they warned me. And I said, oh good. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> and I said, I am, I'm beyond elated at, at this. And I said, I, I can't thank you. You know, it was just, I was just so excited and what uh, was it? What did she tell you? Why she chose you? You know, there was a couple things. She did tell me why she chose me in my profile book, um, which is funny. I went against the advice of every, you know, there's all kinds of advice on these profile books out there, depending on where you go. And I spoke as if the child were ours versus mine. Mm-hmm. So I didn't say my child will get to travel the world. My child will, you know have a stay-at-home mom. My child will. I said, our child will get the opportunity to. And that spoke to her right off the bat. And then she said, the way that your letter was written, I felt like I knew you. You just felt real. And it didn't feel fake or like you were putting on a front kind of a thing. And she said, that's why I wanted to talk to you because I wanted to know if it was an act. Wow. And I went, okay. And so, um, that's amazing. I say that too. Um, just trying to to have the right wording. Don't say my baby. Right. When you're talking to a birth mom, no. our baby, I, I actually just say your baby. How's your baby? Right. Because it's really not my baby. No. Until she signs the paperwork and then it does become our baby. And especially if you have an open adoption. Right. You know, I, I talk to her as if we are co-parenting, even though we aren't, we don't even see each other, but, um, you know, she's doing this and can you believe this? And we're in it together. And that makes them feel like there's not a loss. There's not going to be that horrible loss of I'll never see my baby again. You're taking something away from me. But I still in some way have ownership. Yes. It's, a, it's like a parenting partnership. Mm-hmm. Because we would never get to be mothers of this child without them. Right. And, and even though they are the biological mom, they're not losing out because we have them. So it's a partner. It's a, it's a, it's a joint effort to make this life um, blossom. Okay. So when you found out that she chose you, how long until she's due? (laughs) That was the crazy part. So it was March 15th, I think when she finally chose me and Marin, my daughter was due April 10th. And so, yeah, like less than a month. And I went, oh my goodness. And so I, uh, I scrambled 
I went out the following week. She wanted me to come for an ultrasound, but Medicaid and other things, they don't necessarily give you extra (laughs) ultrasounds because you want them. Right. (laughs) And so we weren't able to do that, but I did go out and visit with her. I met her and her sister and the um, adoption social worker. And then the next morning, just she and I went to breakfast and we went shopping for a take-home outfit. And it was great. It was a nice bonding time for us. It was a whirlwind trip, less than 24 hours. I got back home, immediately started shopping for girl stuff. My mom said, you know, you can put her in in blue. And I said, I know, but the mom needs to know that I'm excited enough to have stuff just for her. Mm -hmm. So I went, literally went to a, like a local consignment sale and I had like a very small budget because all my money was going towards adoption and I went, okay. And I got home on a Thursday night and washed all the clothes and from this sale And Friday was Good Friday before Easter weekend. And I had been running around like a mad woman because my, so the other thing was my adoption home study was going to expire before the adoption was final. Oh my goodness. And so now I could have waited, but I thought, you know what, when I have a child in my arms, the last thing I want to do is be going to the police station to get fingerprints and the doctors to get a health check. So I said, I'm doing it all now. So I'd been running around like a mad woman to get everything completed. My sister said, that's it. You're going to go to a movie with us. It's not going to kill you to sit for two hours and do nothing related to this adoption. I went, okay, fine, whatever. So we would go to the movie. I turned my phone on vibrate and put it between my feet at the floor. Get out of the movie, and I had nine missed calls. Christina's in labor. You jump on a plane? Oh, yeah. Well, I tried. Unfortunately, in our state, we don't have a lot of overnight. And so um, I got on a plane the next day. I was there before she was 24 hours old. And I got to be with her and her mom and her birth mom the family and I got to take her home. Um, She was born on April 4th. She was born a little early and I got to take her home April 6th from the hospital. And paperwork was signed and she was yours. And she was mine. Uh, It's all mine. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was the best ending ever. I'm so happy for you. I love your daughter. She's so beautiful. I'm going to put some pictures on Facebook and also We're going to have you and your birth mother on the show together. And so that way we can talk about these issues and how you have a relationship with each other and how does that work? And there are a lot of people who are trying and they don't exactly know how to connect to their birth mother. They don't know how to even think about co-parenting. And you're not really co-parenting, but you're in it together. And so you're just going to shed some light on that. So we look forward to that show. Thank you. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook. And remember, all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for today's Adoption Now. If you would like to tell your story or for more information about Adoption Now, visit the website at adoption-now.com or find it on Facebook. And join us next week at the same time as we share another adoption story on 670 AM KLTT.